Thank you, Lord, for another opportunity we have to share your word. Speak to your people in ways that we can understand and apply. May the entrance of your word bring healing, bring correction, bring direction, bring instruction for our journey in this world. May souls be drawn closer to you. Above all, may we live to please you. This I pray in Jesus, our Lord and Savior's name. Amen. Today we're talking about memorial. God said, prepare for me memorial stones. It is important as human beings that we remember things that have been done in our lives, things that happened in our lives. Some of them are bad or evil. And when, like young people particularly, they like to put some of these things down in their diaries. And when they read them, you see them acting or reacting. It's good to record things, but don't record things that make you feel like you are nobody or useless. But when you record things, even if they are bad, remember you've moved on because God wants you to move on. But there are other times when you have to record things that are significant in your life. You were not there when you were born, but you have a birthday. So people celebrate year after year and it should be a time of stock ticking. What have I done from last year to this year? Wedding anniversaries, what have we done? Another Christmas, another Easter. Is it just a meaningless collection of events? Or it is a time to pause, reflect, and thank God for what he has done. That is why this song, popularized by Ntokozo Mbambo, is so powerful. And I'd like you to hear it now and even towards the end. When I remember, when I remember what the Lord has done.
Remembrance is one of those things that God requires of his people. The Israelites had crossed the Jordan, and now we are in chapter 4. After all the years of waiting and of crying, of dying and burial and instructions, they finally crossed and come to the promised land. Now they have crossed the Jordan. They are in the promised land, but they have not moved away from the banks of the Jordan because God wanted them to do something very significant. And that is what we are emphasizing today. God wanted them to have a memorial, make a memorial, build an altar, have memory stones, make something significant, a milestone that they will never forget. So in Joshua chapter 4, verse 1 to 3, we read, After the entire nation had finished crossing the Jordan, the Lord spoke to Joshua, Choose twelve men from the people, one man from each tribe, and command them, Take twelve stones from this place in the middle of the Jordan, where the priests are standing. Carry them with you and set them down at the place where you spent the night. If you and I were the ones who had crossed the Jordan successfully, what do we do? We just run off and go, because after all, we are now in the promised land. But God is a God of order. God is one who wants us to remember a number of things and worship him, to encourage us to cling to him because he's our Lord and he's a history maker and he makes all things work well. So they've crossed. It was important that Israel would never forget the miracle that God had done in their lives. So God was going to teach the Israelites how they should remember this historic day and how this memorial was to be celebrated over and over again. He told Joshua to direct the 12 men who had been previously chosen to carry the 12 stones to now walk back into the Jordan River the place that was dry, the place that they had walked to, to walk back. <laughs> My friend, can you imagine? The waters are standing like a wall waiting. The priests are still there and they are to walk there. He go there. He decided to instruct them. He called the 12 tribal reps together and instructed them. They were to return to the middle of the riverbed and each one of them was to carry and bring back a stone, and this would be something that they had to work with. Bring back one stone from the river, a big one, I guess, because they were going to build a memorial, an altar, to thank the Lord for it. These stones would be a, rem a, a memorial for them forever and ever, an effective means for Israel to use later on, as we see, for teaching their children. And the amazing thing, that the response of the 12 men was immediate and unquestioning. They had promised this time that they would be loyal to Joshua and be loyal to God because they had paid for their sins in the past. They could well have been afraid of re-entering the Jordan. What? We have crossed. Why do we go back? After all, we can stay on the dry land. But whatever fear they had, whatever misgiving they had, they did not consider it something that would stop them. They mustered courage. They had faith in Joshua, faith in God, faith that the priests were still standing there and we can go back. And they went back. Interestingly, Joshua himself also joined these men 
on this mission. And while they were trying to get stones from the riverbed, he, Joshua himself, was also setting up a pile of 12 stones in the riverbed itself to mark the precise spot where the priest had stood with the Ark of the Covenant. Friends, these are leaders who were, he was a man of action, a man who just didn't give instruction, but he was there to see to it that things that needed to be done are done. So he was there. So while they were carrying stones, he was also carrying stones. They were carrying stones to take out. He was carrying stones where the priest stood and mounted it so that it can be seen later on and to tell the story. And this was done. Now, when all was now accomplished, the Lord commanded them to now go back. And they'll go back. Now we see God being a God of order, God being a God of perfection. So from Joshua 4, 10 to 18, we read again what happens. The priests carrying the ark continued standing in the middle of the Jordan until everything was completed that the Lord had commanded Joshua to tell the people in keeping with all that Moses had commanded Joshua. The people hurried across, and after everyone had finished crossing, the priests with the ark of the Lord crossed in the sight of the people. Now let's go on to verse 14. On that day, the Lord exalted Joshua in the sight of all Israel, and they revered him throughout his life. As they revered Moses, the Lord told Joshua, Command the priest who carried the ark of the testimony to come up from the Jordan. So Joshua commanded the priest, Come up from the Jordan. When the priest carrying the ark of the Lord covenant came up from the middle of the Jordan and their feet stepped out on the solid ground. The waters of the Jordan resumed their course, flowing over all their banks as before. Hallelujah. Interesting account. Powerful account. God had planned everything. He had a roadmap. He had a blueprint as to what was going to happen. And when all that was accomplished, the Lord commanded that the priests who carried the ark should, can, should now move out. And they move out. And the armed men, everybody moved out. And as soon as the people had crossed with all the memorial stones and all that God wanted them, the artifacts, he wanted them to take out, the priests left the riverbed. The priests, remember, were the first ones in and the last out. They resumed their position at the head of the people. And immediately, the Jordan kept rushing, came rushing back. <laughs> I would like to be there to see this river that had been dammed, this river that had been blocked. If you live in Accra, you've seen water rushing. Or anywhere you live, you've seen water rushing. If you block water, I mean, it's a terrible thing. So when you mix a hole somewhere, it rushes back. And you can imagine how the Israelites were standing at the other bank of the Jordan to see this river that had been waiting for them to cross. <laughs> Can you believe it? River waiting for them to cross. Now they finished crossing, and all the waters that had piled up were now flowing back, back, back into the Dead Sea. They had never seen anything like that. The earlier generation may have told them about the Red Sea, but now the young one, 
the population of those males who had died had died. They had passed on these stories to their younger ones, and now they can see themselves to see what the Lord has done. One can imagine what would have been like the Israelites standing at the river bank, worrying and hurrying and seeing that, hey, this thing is coming to overflow to take us. No, but it wasn't coming to overtake them. They had crossed, and now there was no turning back. That's where that song came into my heart. When I remember what the Lord has done, I would never and ever go back anymore. There was no returning now. They had crossed the Red Sea. They had now crossed the River Jordan. They are now in the Promised Land. A new and exciting chapter of their history is about to begin. And they had to prepare for it. But you see, many times we are in a hurry to start things before the Lord asks us to start. So Joshua had not finished with them yet. He was taking his instructions from God. God said, you lean on me. Whatever I tell you to do, tell these people to do it. So Joshua said, this is not the time to pause, to dance yet, and to do what you want to do. Let's move on. There's work to be done. We are not sleeping here today. So we have to go from here. So Joshua led the people all the way to Gilgal, which was their first camp. And scholars say that first camp was about two miles from Jericho. That's where he led them. And there, the 12 stones that were taken up from the Jordan were set up. It was set up. Gilgal means a circle. So it was probably a small circle set up, and they could just gather around it and just thank the Lord for what he has done for them. I said, Lord, we thank you. Father, we praise you. Lord, we honor you. Can you look back, my dear listening friend, where you've been, the difficulties you've been in, where you've been as a nation, where you've been as an individual, where you've been as a family, where you've been as a father, where you've been as a wife, where you've been even in your sorrow, where you've been, what has the Lord done for you? But can you ever go back? I say, Lord, it's been good before. It's been so. It's been good. But today I just thank you. God wanted them to focus on him and together they were to focus on him. Beyond all this Gilgal and gathering the stones and forming a circle and having a camp, Joshua chapter 4 verses 21 to 23 tells exactly what God wanted them to know and to do later on. Let's read 21 to 23. Remember, these are things we are trying to look at from the Bible. Not just stories, Bible teaching. Because the word of God is important to guide us. What God has done in the past, he can do even now. But he's a God who is a God of principles, God of order, and he wants us to follow instructions. He said, set up the twelve tomb. And he said to the Israelites, in the future, when your children ask their fathers, what is the meaning of these stones? You should tell your children, Israel, cross the Jordan on dry ground. For the Lord your God dried up the waters of the Jordan before you until you had crossed over, just as the Lord your God did to the Red Sea, which had dried up before us until he had crossed, until we had crossed over. This is what the Lord wanted them to know and to do. The purpose of the stones 
was clearly for teaching. It wasn't for worship. It wasn't supposed to be a shrine. The purpose was a reminder, was for it to be a reminder and for teaching, to remind Israel for generations to come that God was the God who brought them out of the Red Sea, that there were stones there, but they walked on it. And this was to evoke questions. Stones, what are the stones about? Because children are not to see you bowing before these stones in a corner somewhere, because God had already said it. You should have no idols before him. There's no other God apart from him. So this was not for idolatry or for worshipping. Like some people carry things around today that they are memorials and they are actually talking to those things. They are more like altars or like shrines. No, no, no. God is God. God is a spirit. He must be worshipped in spirit and in truth. So when he asked the children of Israel to carry these stones, they were not to worship those stones. They were not to replace God. God is God. So when your children ask you, what should they do? You should teach them. Now, the answer is clear. God wanted the parents to use it to teach their children the ways of God and the law of God and the faithfulness of God and how God delivered them. So every Jewish parent, every Jewish father was to send any inquisitive child, I mean to him, say any inquisitive child, these are to raise curiosity. Father, what is this? You are not supposed to send him to a Levite for the answers. You should sit down with your child and teach that child and explain to that child and tell the story to that child. Friends, are we missing some of these today? There are parents who say we are Christians, but we are not teaching our children. We send them to school. We send them to church to be taught. It is wonderful. Churches are doing a wonderful job. Sometimes schools are doing a terrible job. You see, we have abandoned our responsibility and sometimes blame the state, blame everybody except ourselves, except the God-giving commandment. God said, when children are curious, they ask the question, you must find out. That's parental responsibility. A Jewish father was not to send their inquisitive child to a Levite or to a priest to ask questions and get answers. If even you must send them there, when they come back, ask them what were they taught. The father was to answer themselves. Okay, so God could tell them again in Deuteronomy chapter 6 from verse 4 to 7. One of the verses that they, they sing and cry about, and Jesus would have recited it when he was young. Hear, O Israel, hear Israel. The Lord our God is one Lord. The Lord our God is the God. He said, He's the Lord your God. You should love him with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. You shall teach his law to your children and your children's children. Talk about them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. That is what God expected his people to do, the fathers to do, the parents to do, and that's what he expects us to do today. So apart from being a means of instruction, or as the teachers would say, that they had a, they were clearly pedagogical, that they were meant for teaching. Apart from that, they were supposed to be a visual aid for parental instruction. 
The memorial stones had a broader purpose, that all the people of the earth might know that the hand of the Lord is powerful. All the people of the land, all the people of the world might know that the Lord is powerful. Look at verse 24. This is so that all the people of the earth may know that the Lord's hand is mighty, and so that you may always fear the Lord your God. The memorial stones were to be a pointer to God. How God will use it, only he knows. But somebody will see in the desert well laid out stones and say, what are all these about? See in the river, very organized stones over there, what are these about? Then they point and say, you see these people, they cross this river. Friend, let me ask you, what testimony are we bearing? What memorials do we have? Are we one of those people who quickly forget what the Lord has done and go back to the shrines and go back to the fetishes? When is Christmas? What do you remember? When is Easter? What do you remember? When is the Lord's Day? Sunday. What do you remember? Do you remember the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ? Or you remember something else? Does he ever occur to you that the Lord died and he rose again for you? And therefore, you must give your life to him as a sacrifice. God did all of these things for the Israelites, that they may know him, that they may serve him. As the families of Israel spent their first night in that land, their hearts may have been filled with uncertainty and fear. What is going to happen here? Look, we can't go back anymore. There is the Red Sea far away. There is the Jordan on this side. Now we know. Hmm. about the people in Jericho. They are also waiting for us. We had run away from them for 40 years, but now we are there. All we have to know is that Joshua says we are going, and he says we are going. The rising mountains steeply look foreboding. But then the people will look at the 12 stones that they are taken out of the Jordan that will remind them that God had done something great for them and that God is with them always and that God would never and ever betray them. God would never desert them. Today, when you and I look back, it's not the stones only. The stones are a long part of that history. The Jordan is part of that history. The Red Sea is part of that history. But the death, burial, and resurrection, and the living Lord is the ultimate, the ultimate sacrifice that God did for us. And he's still waiting, literally, almost like waiting for us to cross over from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. The devil is no match for him. So cast your eye and put your faith in Jesus because he will never leave you nor forsake you. And friend, let me tell you, part of the big reason for sharing this good news is to know that God loves you and is prepared to do whatever he can do to bring you back to his love. You see, the devil may be taunting you, the world may be tempting you, and there are many, many things when you remember, they are so bad. Your days of drunkenness, of prostitution, or maybe be listening to this in prison, or you feel you are so bad that nobody, nobody, nobody can take care of you. Even God has rejected you. Look at those Israelites. As they crossed over those waters, can you just for a moment Say, Lord, let those waters wash me. 
Let them cleanse me of every sin and every impurity and make me new again. You see, let me leave them behind the other side of the Jordan. Lord, I give my life to you. Like the Israelites, I kneel at Gilgal today and I say, Lord, I am yours. I tell you, what a powerful testimony it will be. Did I say kneel at Gilgal? You cannot find a Gilgal. But let me tell you, there are communities around your world. There are circles where people serve God and love Him. They are called churches. As I end this sermon, as I end this message, say have a memorial. And one of the great memorial places you can go to is the Church of the Living God. Jesus established it to be a home for you where you can share faith with others, where you can grow together. They are not perfect. They are fellow strugglers, but we are under the canopy, under the covenant of God, sharing our stories of victory, sharing our stories of defeat, sharing our stories of progress as we embark on this pilgrimage together, being led not by a Joshua of the past, but a Jesus who is the same yesterday, today, and forever, and is waiting for you as well. So my prayer is remain in him, be strong in him, give your life to him, and tell others about the goodness of this God. And I tell you, if it can be of any help to you, contact us or any Bible-believing church, the Baptist Convention, or any church that is teaching clearly the Bible and the Spirit of God will lead you there and keep you there and you'll grow. Until next week, this is Pastor Fred Digby saying, stay blessed. God loves you and so do we. Let you forget. Never forget. Always remember, He's a good God. To you alone be glory, now and forevermore. Amen. Thank <laughs> you.